There, there's something to be said about freedom. Thomas Jefferson got it right when he penned the Declaration of Independence and he said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men, that all people are created equal and they're endowed by their creator, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We, 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 could, we could argue that that is a, a great descriptor for the issue of freedom. And, and this issue of freedom, freedom is not given to us by a government. It's not given to us by a nation. It's not given to us by a political party. Freedom is given to us by Almighty God. The Apostle Paul said this in in Galatians. He says this, for we are called to be free. I, I love that truth. We are called to be free. Earlier in the same chapter, it says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. That, that, that's God's desire. His desire is that we walk in freedom. Even this issue that God has given you, the ability to choose. See, you come into this place this morning. You, you, you sit in front of a television. You sit in front of a computer screen. You, you watch on a mobile device this morning. And, and you have the freedom to make that decision. You have the freedom to make that choice. And you also, you have the freedom to accept the relationship that God offers to you, you have the freedom to choose to walk in accordance with his principles or to summarily reject them. God has given you, one of the greatest gifts that God has given mankind is this ability to choose this freedom. And it's God's desire that his creation, that his people, that we live free. And yet, so much of what we see around us is stuck so much of what happens in the world around us really could be described better, not as freedom, but could be described as bondage. Why is that? Why is it that so many people live stuck? Why is it that so many people live, live shackled? So, why is it that so many people live bound? Because Jesus quoted, in, in, in Luke's gospel, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61 when he says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. I, I am called to, this is my reason, to bring freedom to the oppressed. To see the captives set free. And yet we live in one sort of bondage or another. Why is that? How does that happen? Well, this morning what I want to do is this, is I want to continue the sermon series that we've been, uh, been in, majoring the minors and looking at minor people in Scripture that really have a major story to tell. And this morning I want to talk to you uh, about a guy that we don't even know his name. In fact, when he's remembered, he's remembered as the Gadarene demoniac. It's interesting. This guy is remembered by being a demoniac, somebody who is possessed by demons. And it's interesting that that's how we remember him because that's not the focal point of the story. It really isn't the most important part of this man's life. But let's look at it. Have you ever had one of those days where you go, this is not how I expected this was going to go? Right? You wake up and you've got one idea in mind. At the end of the day, you go, Oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. If anyone had told me that this is the way this day would go, I would have never believed it. 
Well, on the day that we're introduced to the gathering demoniac, Jesus' disciples are having that kind of a day, right? So Jesus is, he's ministering, the crowds are all around, and, and there's just a lot happening. And eventually he says this to his disciples. He says, listen, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. They're on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, and, and that's where all the population is. And Jesus says, look, let's get away. Let's find a little bit of time just to, to unwind and to decompress. And the best way to do that is instead of going across the rugged terrain along the north slope of the Sea of Galilee, it just makes sense to jump in a boat and just cruise over to the other side. It's something that they have done time and time again. It's a routine thing for them. It's, it's the equivalent of us catching the bus or calling Uber today. It's just, it, it, was, it was their mode of transportation. Nothing big, nothing special about it. And so they get into the boat. It's routine. And yet out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, out in the middle of this lake, it becomes anything but routine. A storm kicks up, and a storm that is so severe that these guys that are used to being in this boat time after time, day after day, many of them live their life on this lake as fishermen, that a storm kicks up that's so severe that they freak out and they think they're going to drown while Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. What do they do? They go wake up Jesus and they go, Jesus, don't you care we're going to drown? And he goes, just Stop. He speaks to the winds, he speaks to the waves, and they are instantly calm. Not what they were expecting when they got in the boat. Then they get over to the other side, and as soon as they get over to the other side, understand they're going over to this region, the region of the, of the, of the, of the Gatherings or the Gerasenes, and they're going over to this region. Why? Because they're going over because they just want some time to relax. And as soon as they get to the shore, there's a crazy naked guy running around. That's not what you're anticipating when you hit shore, right? And so there's this crazy naked man, and he starts shouting at Jesus. Jesus, what do you want from me? I beg you, please don't torment me, or, or please don't torture me, some translations say. And, it, and it's in the story of this man that we see the freeing power of Christ, and we also see those things that so often keep us bound. What is it that keeps us bound? Here's, I, just, I, want to, I want to point out three things to you real quickly this morning. Number one is this. It's easy for us to remain stuck. It's easy for us to remain in prison. It's easy for us to remain shackled when, when we don't understand the mission. When we, when we mistake the purpose of God, the heart of God, the plan of God, the challenge of God. Listen to the voice of the man when he cries out in agony, Jesus, what do you want from me? Please, I beg you. Friends, it is unfortunate, but this man is not the only man who was mistaken. The mission and the message of the Messiah. He, he's not the only person who is mistaken the plan of God. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not God's plan to bring difficulty into someone's day. It's not God's plan to torture or torment anyone. In fact, there's nowhere in history where we see God torturing or tormenting. And yet, this man in his demon-possessed state, his mind is so distorted and confused that he sees Jesus not as his Savior, but, at his, but as his adversary. This is not all that uncommon today. 
There are people, even in our sphere of influence, that their understanding of what Christianity is, their understanding of the character of God, their understanding of the mission of the church is seemingly hopelessly confused. And we, we, we lose sight of, of this reality that that is, that is not the heart of God. It, it is not the plan of God. Here, here's, what, here's, what, here's what James says. He says this, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, right? James starts, in, 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 in James' epistle, he starts, he says, listen, don't, don't simply be hearers of the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what the word of God says because the word of God it's not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts, okay? It's not a bunch of responsibility that God's wanting to put upon you. It's not an, 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 an oppressive role that God has called you to play or a difficult life that he's called you to walk. It is for freedom that God has set you free. We were called to be free, Galatians 5 says. But we're not to use that freedom to indulge in the sinful nature, which is actually re-embracing the shackles and the chains, Right, We sung it this morning, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. And, and that has always been the disposition of our God. That has always been the mission of our Savior. It has been to set us free. How is it then that people have this misconception of who God is and also this misunderstanding of what the church is supposed to be? You know why I think that is? I think it's because not only do people have a mistake of the mission of God, but I think at times it's real easy for people to misunderstand the challenge that's in front of us. Here's what we know about this man. It tells us this in Luke chapter 8. It tells us that uh, he has been dealing with this issue of possession, for, demonic possession for some time. And the response of the people Here's how the people responded his, to his demonic possession. They would put him in literal chains. And yet, this, this, this thing that is within him, it had such strength that he would break the chains. And so he ends up living naked in the graveyards, sleeping among the tombs, Scripture says. And so the people of this day, instead of recognizing this man's need for deliverance, their focus is on their personal protection. Their focus is on the evil. In fact, l let me offer you this. I've heard so many people talk about this portion of Scripture, and they even talk about how Jesus approaches the man. Right, And so this man cries out. He says, Jesus, what do you want from me? And Jesus asks the man the question, what is your name? And I've heard people say that Jesus speaks to the demon because he has to identify the demon before he casts it out. Here's what I would argue. Show me where Scripture says that's what Jesus does. It doesn't say that Jesus, look in your Bible. It doesn't say that Jesus addresses the demon. Here's what it says. It says, Jesus talks to the man, right? We're first inter introduced to him. It says, there was um, this man. And then it says, Jesus talks to him, not Jesus talks to them. And here's what we know. We know that the demonic possession in the man was multiple, right? Because the response that the man gives when he's asked his name, he says, through demonic 
oppression through demonic possession. He says, legion for we are many. But Jesus does not ask this group of demons what their collective name is. He's talking to the man. Jesus is always concerned about the person before the problem. Let me say that to you again. Jesus is always focused on the person more than on the problem. And this, this man that we know simply as the demoniac, he is, he is shackled. He's living naked and in, in, in sleeping in the tombs. Why? It's because in his world, people see him as a problem to be dealt with rather than a soul to be redeemed. God, let the church today rise up and let us see the world around us the way that you see it. Not a problem to be dealt with, not an evil to be avoided, but imprisoned to be set free. Come on, church. You see, this man was in bondage because he misunderstood who Jesus was. This man was in bondage because the people misunderstood what their mission was. And those people were in bondage because they allowed their emotions to rule the day rather than faith. The most interesting part of this whole, this whole passage, this whole historical account is not the beginning of the story where we're introduced to this demon-possessed man. It's at the end of the story. Jesus casts the demons out of the man. And the next thing we know, this man is sitting, Scripture tells us this, clothed and in his right mind. Okay, he's not running around crazy. He's not running around acting the fool. He's not, he's not running around threatening violence. He's of no harm to anyone. And here's, here's, what, here's what Luke's gospel tells us. It tells us this, that, that when, 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 the, when the people saw this, okay, let me read this to you, starting in, in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 34. It says, when those tending the pigs saw what had happened, because Jesus cast the, the demons into, in, into this herd of pigs, and they, 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 they rushed down a steep bank into the lake, and they were drowned. It says, when those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran, off, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Does that not seem odd to you? What is it about that moment that should create fear? I understand that previously this guy running around crazy, I understand how that would create some anxiety. Can I tell you this? Okay, if I'm out in the countryside and some crazy man comes running towards me shouting, I'm going to be frightened. All right? I, I'm, I'm not only going to be frightened, I'm going to quickly become a sprinter. I'm gone, man. Listen, if we're out there together, I don't have to run faster than that guy. I just have to run faster than you. But what is it about this moment that would make them be fearful on any level, right? You would think they would go, I know that guy. 
That's a crazy man. What I, at, at the very least, they should be curious. In reality, they should be thankful. They should go, wow, if that guy can have that kind of a transformation, I want to know how that happened. I want some of that in my life. But instead, here's what they do. Look at this. In Luke's gospel, it says this. It says, those who had seen it, okay, told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. Because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat and left. What? They had the opportunity to spend time with very God of very God. They had the opportunity to spend time with this miracle worker. They had the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet and to have him share with them incomparable truths, unspeakable riches. What do they do? Yeah, you know what, dude, can you just go? Because here's what we know. We have our routine, okay? We do our deal. We hurt our pigs. We laugh at the crazy man. And, and now we're not sure what to do. You've kind of upset our routine. So we're kind of freaking out a little bit. It probably would be good if you just go. Let me, in, let, me let you in on a little secret. If you fully engage with God, life is going to be different. If you fully embrace the principles of his kingdom, life is going to shift. If you walk in the center of what God has for you, you're going to see change. You're going to see meaningful change. And that's okay. Listen, change is not a bad thing. Change is a, change is a good thing. And, and what God wants to bring, right? What, what God wants to bring. What, what did Jesus, Jesus say in Luke's gospel? Quoting Isaiah he said this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to, to preach the good news, to, to bring a message that you want to hear. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed. The demoniac wasn't the only man in that region that lived with chains. He wasn't the only person in that area whose life was shackled. Maybe theirs weren't literal steel chains, but they were just as confining nonetheless. And here's what they did. They, they, they chose to remain in the comfort of their shackles rather than step into the freedom that Jesus offers. Let me ask you a question today. How about you? You've... You've prayed about a situation and God didn't do what you wanted him to do. You, you sat in a church service where, where you've heard a preacher say something like, when you sin, God hates you. You've been told that the reason that you've not experienced healing is because of that sin issue in your life.
and you've, you've come to embrace God not as this lover of your soul, but of this ethereal being that has to be appeased. And you're never sure whether he's happy with you or not. And so your approach to God is not Abba Father. Your approach to God isn't to boldly come before the throne as Paul encourages you to do. It's not with hands raised in worship, but it's, it's hands guarded in fear. Oh, holy smiter, please don't smite me. God, I, what you've done in my life to this point, I don't appreciate it. And so I, I, want, I want to keep you at, at arm's reach. God, I, I've, seen, I've seen the way my friends who profess to be Christians act. And like, I, like seriously, I don't want to be like them. So here's the thing, God, I want enough of you that I've got fire insurance Right? Because I don't want I don't I don't I want to I don't want to burn in the end, but I don't want you so close to me uh, that I end up hugging a homeless person or 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 God forbid working at Mega Sports Camp. I, I just I just I just I just need I just need enough to know that I'm I'm okay. Because God I, I don't I don't like what I see when 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 I get when 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 people get close to you. Let me offer you this. That the things that you see about people that you don't like, um, oftentimes that's religion. That's not, that's not Jesus. Jesus just came to set people free. Jesus' desire for this man is just to set him free. Jesus doesn't hate him. Let, let, let me let you in on a little secret, friends. Jesus doesn't hate the, 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 the demons within him. It's God's desire that all of his creation be reconciled. And it was the focused intent of Jesus to come that all of God's creation be reconciled. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we walk in freedom? Well, we've got a great example in this demon-possessed man. First, God cares about you. And God's focus is not on your problem. God's focus is on you. I love, I love, 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 love the fact. And, and, and I've, I've heard people mis, misquote this and misappropriate this scripture. I love the fact that Jesus talked to the man. Right? Notice his first question isn't, what's your problem? Dude, why are you running around naked screaming? Stop it. Right? What's Jesus' first approach to him? What's your name? What's your name? Here's the thing. God loves people more than anything. God loves you more than anything. And when we come to understand that, when we recognize God's answer Here's what happens. Luke 8:35. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet. He's sitting there. 
and he's soaking it in. You see, the disciples weren't the only people, weren't the only person in this story that went, this is not how I saw this day going. I guarantee you this man, this is not how he saw it going. In fact, he had lived his life for what appears to be an extended period of time with seemingly no hope. And yet, when Jesus stepped in to the story, when Jesus stepped in to his life, the next thing we know is we see this man and he's sitting at Jesus' feet. Isn't that a great pendulum swing? From Jesus, what do you want to do with me? Please don't torment me. To sitting at Jesus' feet. And, and this morning, this is, what, this is what God offers to you. Just to come and whew, just breathe. Just relax. Just be in his presence. And just sit at his feet. See, we get, we get all worked up about this and that. We get all freaked out over things that don't really matter. And, and when, we, when we recognize God's answer, that he offers us freedom, we can breathe. It does require it does require that we respond with faith. And see, here's, here's the part of this story that intrigues me. This, this region of, of Israel, it has always been a sparsely populated region. And, and a lot of that is because of the topography. It's just, it's just not a, a, an easily inhabitable area. Uh, it's lot, lots of steep hills. And it says this, it says that when, when, when the folks came, they, they saw this man that had been possessed by demons sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed. Here's the question that I have. Where did he get the clothes? Where did he get the clothes? Right? I don't, I don't think Jesus had an extra pair of clothes. Okay. I don't know, maybe, the, maybe one of the disciples had brought an overnight bag. I, I, I don't know. But here's what I love. Someone gave this man clothes. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of faith. You know what? Sir, you, something's happened in your life, and uh, man, you just seem very different. Here, I think you're going to need these. Right? And, and, and I love that. I love the fact that, that at some point somebody responds with faith, recognizing what God's doing and responding with faith. And then the end of the story, um, and, 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 and with, with this, uh, I'm going to bring our time to a close. When, when the crowds beg Jesus to go away, Look, we, we don't know what's going on here. We don't know what the story is with this man. Here's what we do know. We do know that it's kind of upset our norm. We're used to looking at the crazy man, laughing at him and going on our way. And now you've kind of, you've kind of upset our, our, our ecosystem here. Uh, Jesus, uh, this kind of freaks us out. Would you just leave? 
The demon-possessed man said, Jesus, can I come with you? And Jesus says, that's not the plan. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to tell people what has happened. Right? Now, this is in stark contrast to what Jesus typically does. Right? Jesus, when he, when he typically heals someone, he says, don't, 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 say, don't say anything about it. Because Jesus isn't looking for stardom. He's not looking for people uh, to embrace celebrity. He simply wants people to be free. And so Jesus tells this man, he says, listen, your mission in this particular situation is this. Go and tell people what has happened to you. And so that's what the man does. He goes and he tells people what has happened to him. He becomes an evangelist to that area. Right? So before, he's running around naked, crazy, screaming. Now, what he's doing is he's running around clothed in his right mind, saying, let me tell you about the change in my life. That's what God does. I've had shackles in my life. I, I have been I have been imprisoned by unhealthy habits. When I was a high schooler, I was drunk more than I was sober. I've I've been bound by unforgiveness. I carried bitterness in my life for a long time. I have been held captive by an an overtly religious disposition and been of little good to anyone around me. And over and over and over again, here's what God does. He doesn't condemn, but he calls. He doesn't torture, he delivers. He sets free. He says, I I, I have come to open those blind eyes. I've come to release the oppressed. I have come to bring freedom to those that are captive. Maybe for you today, maybe you walk in here and if if you were to be fully candid, maybe, maybe even with yourself for the first time, you've got this habitual sin that keeps you shackled. You've got unforgiveness and bitterness towards another person, maybe even towards God that serves as your chains. Perhaps like me, you've been taken captive by this religious spirit. 
that causes you to look at people not with compassion, but with disdain. And to go, I'm not going to spend time with that sinner. And you woke up this morning and, and you were convinced that today was going to be just like every other day, just like any other Sunday. You'd come to church, you'd worship, put a little bit of money in the offering, listen to a part of a sermon, sleep through part of a sermon. And then hope that the pastor gets you out early enough that you can beat the Baptists to the buffet. But perhaps just like the gathering demoniac, God wants your day to be very different than what you imagined. Perhaps like the disciples in that boat, God wants you to take you on an adventure for which you have not planned. And here's where it starts. It starts in recognizing God for who he is. And going, okay, God, I'm going to take the step to trust you and, and believe in you. Because I believe this. I believe that you have a plan for me. And I believe your word is true when it says that the plan that you have for me is to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope. A nation is only free when its people are free. Let me say that again. America talks about being the land of the free and the home of the brave. A nation is only free when its people are free. And true freedom will never be found in who governs us or what rules are placed upon us. Liberty can only be found in the one who creates us and redeems us. And so today, liberty is available to you. Freedom is offered to you. Will you follow the path of the demoniac whose day was like nothing he ever imagined? Or will you instead be like one of the crowd who goes, yeah, no, don't mess with my routine. The choice is yours. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.